Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it's always game day in Cleveland. A little behind-the-scenes look of everything that's going on with your Cleveland Browns, pro football, and things that are going on around town. My name is Andy Baskin. My partner each and every week is Daryl Ryder. He is the Browns beat reporter for 92.3 The Fan. And again, it's always game day in Cleveland. If you've listened to the last couple podcasts, you like it, knock yourself out and subscribe because we love having you on board and we love the feedback we've been getting so far. Today we're going to talk about a number of things, but Daryl, I want to start off with with kind of a – topic that I think a lot of Browns fans want to know, especially coming off the draft. Why would you pick guys in the draft that you already are heavy with as far as um, the depth chart is concerned? And, you know, one of the things that I noticed right out of the gate, especially with, with pretty much all the news coming out that this Jarvis Landry coming back to the Browns thing is not going to happen, is because they brought in David Bell in the third round. So uh, let's start there and talk about why this team uh, would would draft guys in positions that are already filled, especially in the defensive backfield. Well, Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski like to talk about competition and creating competition, but the the reality behind the philosophy is number one depth to enter uh, to insulate themselves from injury. Let, let's use the running back situation last year as an example, right? They lost Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both at the same time. Now, Ernest Johnson did a great job stepping in. All three of those players that I mentioned, they average over five yards per carry for their career. But the other part of this, too, is to provide Andrew Barry with some options when you talk about the final 53, or as I like to actually call it, the initial 53-man roster construction, the end of training camp. Because maybe he can keep a draft pick who is now on a very friendly team-oriented Uh, from a salary standpoint, very friendly rookie contract over a veteran who is uh, a little more expensive. So you can save some cash as well as additional cap space, which let's be honest about it, Andy, as they go forward now, at some point, the bill's going to come due as far as the salary cap is concerned. Right now, as we have this discussion Believe it or not, in spite of all the money the Browns have spent this offseason, especially with bringing in uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, trading for Amari Cooper, and then, of course, uh, opening the checkbook to retain Denzel Ward, they are still number two behind the Carolina Panthers in available salary cap space. So that's why he's creating roster flexibility, depth, and also the ability for him to maybe move on from a more expensive veteran in in uh, in lieu of a rookie here uh, when they start to put this 53 together at the end of training camp. 
Daryl, when I look at that number and I see that the Browns are number two in, in salary cap flexibility, at first I think as a fan you want to look and go, oh, well, go out and sign a free agent. Go do that. I just don't – in the past you get your heart broken if you start looking at that and going, oh, well, if this guy's still out there, why don't we go get him? One, if this guy's still out there, uh, it's probably not worth the money you're going to spend or if you're going to you know spend a minimal amount of money on him. I think that's that's one of the theories there. So when you're a Browns fan, when you look at that number, I'm, I'm real hesitant knowing, okay, they're number two in flexibility, but I don't know that they're going to spend it. Right. Well, and here's the other thing you have to under, that fans have to understand, and they forget this a lot of times, because um, I see this all the time, and I hear it all the time from Browns fans when we talk about how the Browns roll their salary cap space for here. Oh, Jimmy Haslam and the Haslams, they're so cheap. They don't want to sign players and bring them. No, that, quite the contrary. Believe it or not, uh, the Cleveland Browns, spent a ton of money last year not to make the playoffs. In fact, they spent the most money of any NFL team last year, and they didn't make the playoffs. No, the the Haslam spend a lot of cash on this team, and fans have to understand cap space, or, or the salary cap, I should say, and the actual payroll, completely two different books. Not the Washington Commanders, Daniel Snyder type of two different books, allegedly, but the two different <laughs> books, <laughs> salary cap accounting, and then, of course, the actual payroll cash moving out the door. And I, so fans kind of have to understand that. And again, that's why they were able to spend just between Denzel Ward, uh, Amari Cooper, and Deshaun Watson. That's over $300 million in guaranteed cash that wow. the Haslams have committed to this football team in three players. Think about that for a second. It's a lot of money. Let that yeah, marinate. I, yeah, I, cheap, is, cheap is not a word I would ever use with the Haslams. No, Dan Gilbert, absolutely I would not. never use that. Like Those guys are not not in that world. And it's and I, I again, when we talk about the Guardians, because I, I know we all get into the three of them and everybody wants to compare, I still want to see what the end of the season is going to look like for the Guardians as far as spending money because – I just I believe there'll be there'll be some new money uh, put into the franchise. All right, all right, let's go back to the scales of justice on you know what Andrew Barry does as far as drafting and and going back to our initial question. So you know the, all the talk and I, neither one of us is is floored when we see a story uh, about Jarvis Landry not coming back to the Browns or Jarvis right. Landry that ship has sailed. And all you have to do is watch thirty seconds of David Bell playing at Purdue and you can see that they've they've hired his replacement or they've drafted his replacement at least that's the way I see it I know that you bring in Michael Woods too but to me Bell seems to be the replacement is that the way you see it and is it no surprise that Jarvis Landry is not not the name that we're going to see in the future for this team 100% not a surprise that the Browns are closing that chapter if you will of the of the book on Jarvis Landry it's a business decision Landry was scheduled to make over $14 million in cash uh, this coming year before they released him. His salary cap number was over $16 million. Uh, Andrew Berry just looked at that, and it just it, it, it didn't fit. They tried to restructure him. Uh, they did talk about potentially bringing him back, but they just the values didn't really match up. What the Browns were willing to pay, what Jarvis Landry was looking for, Never really aligned. They, I don't think that they were ever in the same ballpark there. So not a surprise that they move on. 
from Jarvis Landry. It does stink a little bit because Jarvis was so instrumental coming up from Miami. Remember that hard knock speech he gave uh, in 2018 when he was getting on guys for dogging it in practice and using injuries as a way to get out of practice and things like, which is something that just kind of happened in Cleveland. Players used to come to the Browns and collect paychecks. Uh, That that was basically the reputation the Browns had. It's a great spot to collect a paycheck, especially toward the end of your career. But you aren't going to win a whole heck of a lot. And and Jarvis Landry really was instrumental behind the scenes in changing the mindset and the attitude of some of the guys uh, that were here and just the team in general. So uh, my hat's off to Jarvis. Uh, It's unfortunate that the business of football kind of sneaks in here, and it's why he's no longer a Cleveland Brown. But he really was instrumental behind the scenes in helping kind of get this thing turned around, even amid all the chaos that still ensued uh, with the, the merry-go-round of head coaches uh, and, and whatnot. But he, he did a nice job here. Uh, he can hold his head high, gave, a, gave everything he had, tried to play through that knee injury last year, Andy. And it goes back to, again, the conversation about guys playing hurt or guys playing injured. How, how good of an idea ultimately is that? Um, his production suffered because of it last year as well, which I'm sure doesn't help him in free agency, but just one of the more reliable guys. When you just want to talk about on the field, when you throw Jarvis Landry, the football, if he doesn't catch it, it's breaking news. Like that's how good of a receiver and reliable of a receiver Jarvis Landry is and was the fact that you throw him the ball, you know, he's going to catch it. He's going to get yards after the catch. Uh, is he the big highlight type of a, a player? No, but he's very, very uh, reliable. So it's tough to see Jarvis go, but that's just the business of football. And again, to your point, when you look at what Andrew Berry did in the draft, Michael Woods second uh, in, in round seven, uh, go ahead and, and drafting David Bell as well. It, it, clear, clear as day uh, that they were m- moving on from Jarvis Landry, even though I had been saying the day that Jarvis got cut and let go that they had moved on from Jarvis Landry. No one really wanted to believe me, but yeah, it, it looks that way. He's not going to be a Cleveland Brown anymore. He's going to have to go elsewhere. But again, want to make sure we give him his, 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 his love, if you will, because he was just so good in the four years that he was here. Yeah, I think fans got their hopes up because Deshaun Watson had come into right. the picture that maybe because of, you know, everything that kind of was the feeling about, Odell and Baker Mayfield there. We, we, we said in a pre-show meeting that we weren't going to talk a lot about him today. So I said it once. I think I've got a limit of three. That's a fine. Throughout our three segments. So I've, I, I've used one. No, if I go over three, then I'm fine, Daryl. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you get fine for each mention. Meredith said. Okay, well, no. You can have at least yes! three, especially <laughs> while he's still on the roster. So you, can have, you still have three. I have two left. Um, you know, when we talk about bringing in some of these guys that have been drafted – you know, a lot of talk about Jerome Ford coming up from Cincinnati and what that does to the running back situation. Um, does that mean Nick Chubb's going anywhere? Man, I hope not. Does that mean Kareem Hunt's going somewhere? Possibility. Dearness Johnson also could be on the trade block too, but I don't see a reason why we can't live with five running backs, especially if a guy like Demetric Felton and Jerome Ford can uh, contribute on special teams and maybe we don't need 32 tight ends on this team. Well, remember, for, uh, Felton's that Swiss Army knife. He can work with the receivers as well. So if they need some help 
from a depth perspective at that position, he can slide over there. I think Dimitri Felton absolutely is going to make the team. Jerome Ford is going to make the team, which means one of the three probably needs to go because I, I don't think they can keep five running backs. I think they can keep four. And that means it's going to be Kareem Hunt or Durnis Johnson. Uh, Nick Chubb isn't going anywhere. No one has to worry about that. Uh, Kareem, I think there's a potential he could go just because he's the player that bring would get you the most in return as far as like a draft pick goes. Uh, and then to Ernest Johnson, I, I he's still he's still uh, you know relatively young, um, and I, I think that. They would lean, if they had to choose between Kareem and Ernest, I think they would lean toward Ernest also because I think he's a little cheaper than uh, Kareem Hunt is as well. I just, I think they're going to keep one fewer tight end, so that allows them the the balance of keeping an extra running back. But, you know, last year kind of showed them just how fragile uh, your roster can be. You think that you're deep enough. And they just they were decimated in the offensive line, running backs, just about everywhere on both sides of the ball. But those two really, really stood out in between COVID and injuries last year that really hampered the team. So uh, I don't think they can keep all five running backs. I think what, uh, again, to what I was talking about earlier, Andy, I think what Andrew Berry has done as he set himself up for basically training camp auditions for that fourth running back spot and then the fifth guy, they go ahead and move and get another asset for. All right, what would the value of Kareem Hunt be? We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about what else needs to be done to this roster uh, between now and the first game of the season because there, you know, there are question marks and there are places of depth uh, that are still in question. You know, there's starters they can still put in the lineup too. So we're going to talk about that. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day cleveland feed and remember just to subscribe wherever you listen to any of your podcasts you're listening to it's always game day in cleveland